Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're listening to the This Life Podcast sure. with Dr. Drew Pinsky and me, Mike Catherwood. That's right. We're doing it this time. So check it out. Thanks for listening. You live. Extra special, you live this life with Theo Vaughn. At Theo Vaughn, if you can follow him. Uh, find him on YouTube. Of course, this past weekend is the podcast. Uh, our producer is setting up our Facebook page as we speak. Theo, man, welcome. Uh, yeah, thank you for having me, Dr. Drew. Nice we were having to be a, here. We were Hi. having a great conversation uh, off the air, so we wanted to get this thing rolling quick. Yeah. About the guy that you used to pay you guys when you were, was this back in Louisiana? Or? Yeah, this back in Louisiana, one of the big, you know, 50 states, really. I think we're still in. I don't know how many there still are, but they're, we were in it at one time. And they had, um, but yeah, this dude used to give us 20, 30 bucks, this dude, Mr. Patrick, and he would make us look at his butthole, but from about 50, <laughs> it's not that funny, Mike. It's art, Mike. I'm sorry. You're well, right. here's I'm what sorry. I'm saying. Let me finish, though. Okay. Yeah. From about 50 or 60 feet away. No harm, no foul. I mean, there is. it does make it a little bit more subtle. There's not Like, what is that? Is that pedophilia? What is it? it, it is a, it's a version of that, but, but what I find fascinating is I can't explain it. Right. I, I can't. I mean, what is motivating that? Think about that. And well, when you say he made you, he paid I him, mean, dude. At thirty dollars, that makes me do it. Yeah, you know what I'm that's saying. That, that's yeah. my threshold. It's, it it and, beats uh, selling hamsters. Oh yeah, and this is 1980. <laughs> you know, oh, and a lot. Of, yeah, this is 90. You know, 94, when a lot of the hamster game had really dried up. <laughs> You know? you know his hamster gig, right? I do. I yeah. am well aware. Yeah. But yeah, now what is that? What makes a guy do that? I remember this dude, he'd give us 20, 30 bucks. He'd walk off about 50 feet. I have no idea. And hold his butt open a little bit. And you had to, <laughs> here was the thing. Then as long as he made sure you were looking, you were good. So, okay, so essentially, I'm going I'm to make a Did theory. he look through his legs? Like when he spread no, his No, he butt would look then... around, dude. He's okay. not a creep, you know. He's not right. an animal. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's, how I, that's how I'd look at my asshole when I used to bleach it. Uh, is really? I would go through my legs. Oh and my I, god! <laughs> you do the bleaching. Now that's more deviant to it me. It is a bit. Than the I guy gotta say, I, I, I wouldn't have out. done it. I had it paid for, and we did it on the air. But you know what has something to do with it? It's, it's kind of the same thing that uh, Louis C.K. got dinged for, which is this sort of this exhibitionism, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. some people have this pathological exhibitionism, and it's um, it's a problem. It's yeah. not a good thing. You know what I mean? When people need to, it's a, it's a way of exerting control over other people. It's a way of sort of. Like flashing, almost. You think it's like it's, a flash? It's in that zone. It's that stuff, and and it, but, it, there's I mean, a high degree of narcissism a, with it. In a way, isn't there certain comedic performers that might fall into the same category? Obviously, not as deviant, but but the idea showing that, your asshole. No, the yeah. idea that well, Theo Vaughn comes to mind. I will do so much <laughs> yeah, more. I, I will do like so mine. much I more. I used to like it. If people if people watch me, if people yeah choose to watch, well, isn't I'll that do, interesting? I'll it, go to such an extent. isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah it's a good thought. I mean, like for like, so in a way, comedy is is like our friend Stevo. I mean, he he. He'll be the first to admit. I mean, he's not going to sit around and, p- and puncture a hole in his in his neck for fun and then go using himself as bait for sharks. That's a good point. But if people promise to watch and they film it, so it's all like, a kind of pathological exhibitionism, but yeah. becomes sexualized for some guys. That's interesting. Yeah, really interesting. And yet, musicians don't really do that. No, because right? they can fuck whenever they want. That's I think right. I think that's exactly right. Does that make sense? Well, you're a comedian. Does it, does, does it feel like a sort of an exhibitionistic act? Yeah, I guess. It's like, yeah, it's like I wish I could make myself as entertained when I'm just by myself. So there's something about an audience that does that makes it actually even want to occur yeah, yeah. within me. Because, yeah, yeah, if I'm by myself, I'm not like, shoot, I should do, I should do some jokes right now and really you know, cheer myself <laughs> up. <laughs> Which you would think I would do yeah. because it's, a, it's an ability that I'm able to do. 
but it's only that audience that brings it out. That's really interesting. Well, man. tell people about this past weekend. What what what's happening there? This past weekend is a podcast. It's every week, um, and it just is I me talking about week. my week. And we do two yeah, a week yeah. now, okay, where we have yeah. a guest, and we just had Chris Hansen on, Christopher Hansen's, and he was the pedophile man. He used to meet all those pedophiles yeah. for you know for lunch, and then surprise them with the police. And you mentioned that he he's, he broke them down into three categories. Why don't you tell them about that? Yeah, because he broke them down into three categories. He said that a lot of them are young people that are lonely. They get stuck into the internet. So, so some sort of, and I would argue they're almost like that's kind of a weird kind of a sex addiction because sex addicts will go for more and more and more sort of risky kinds of behaviors. Yeah, yeah. right. So I mean, and I, we all, I think probably all three of us had known that guy that starts getting into, he could pr- get girls on his own. He, he, he was charismatic, handsome maybe, but then he started resorting to hookers. Then it started two or three, yes, and then you're like, why are you that's, even – That's that version. Right. right. Yeah. That's that version. This is the loser version. The guy is lonely and cannot, cannot find people. Right. Number two was – The number two was um, guys that really do have – uh, a sexual aversion to young kids, right? There's some, there's something sexual there. There's sexual something. attraction, yeah. They, they may not be a full-on pedophile. They're probably reenacting their own sexual traumas, that kind of thing. And then the third category, just people that are just there's depressed. Just the deep, yeah, the dark arts. The dark arts. Is your tour still called the dark arts tour? Yeah, dark arts tour. It is. We're gonna learn about sexual depravity and. No, I'm not doing nothing. I mean, I'm no. telling people that man used to pay us twenty, sometimes thirty dollars, <laughs> even around the holidays. Actually, yeah, just to, to see his butthole. butthole from about forty feet, though fifty feet. And so, so you, you stopped doing that when? To say he's like when he quit back. paying. Yeah. He, I think he was getting workman's comp for something, and when he healed up, we didn't get the money. Uh, oh, but man, when that money was flowing, boy, we was looking. Oh, yeah, sure. You were. Did he have? A, I mean, was it a reasonably nice butthole? Bro, at fifty feet, I don't know what it was, yeah. dude. He could have been hiding, you know, just putting a milk dud on his. What butt. if? <laughs> and what if in nineteen ninety four he says, "I want you to look at my butt," but now it's got to be fifteen feet, and it's fifteen hundred dollars. Well, fifteen hundred dollars, Drew. Can I Howie, hold on, can Howie Mandel host this? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I want to know. Fifteen hundred dollars, Drew. I'm licking his ass. <laughs> oh. Don't look. This sounds like a game Howie would actually <laughs> would deal or no deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I wouldn't ever touch it, but I would look. I would say the closest I would get probably twelve feet before I would start to feel alarmed. You know, yeah. So or I want to have a dog with me. How's your own mental health doing? Everything cool? In my own, yeah. You know what? I just started trying to do is quit smoking. That, that for me became oh man. What I age never, did you start? I don't know. I was dating a girl and she smokes. And she smoked. Yeah. Approximately how old? She was 34. I'm 38. No, no, no. Oh, you just started smoking? Oh, no. I, I'd smoked a little bit on and off my whole life just having a cigarette every now and then. How old when you, when you first exposed? Oh, probably 13 or something. And did you did you use much across your teen years? Not too much. Okay. Occasional. But recently when I quit alcohol, when I quit doing drugs yeah. and alcohol, I was just – I wanted something. I wanted to act out. I see. So you had more cigarettes. So I had more cigarettes. Yeah. I, I would be uh, wary of too, like – Sexually too. I mean, I, I found like my sexual acting out new new to oh, recovery. Yeah. If you're if you're already established in life, you know you already have a career and a life, and you have the ability to date and get chicks, and especially if you're an entertainer like yourself and a good one, I would be so concerned that that would be what I'd turn to is my you know and, my and gambling is the other thing gambling yeah oh yeah yeah see I never gambled even when I was using. I never I liked said, gambling even listen, when I was using. You, you so. know the Bob Forrest story, right? I mean, I I, I was I had him. In, yeah. I had him employed as a as a program director, and he'd always was leaving work early on Friday. We're like, dude, what you, Tornado was going to the track, oh. and he had no idea that that was you know part of his problem. He, wow. just, he didn't even think about. it. He's a guy five years into recovery. Horses or dogs? Horses. Yeah. Anybody betting on dogs? Fuck them, dude. Yeah. That's you know, <laughs> I had a guy lost eleven hundred dollars on a Bichon running a race in France once, and I'm like, dude, you you got a problem? <laughs> you definitely have a yeah. Bichon. Bichon Frise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you've been had, bro. I'm like, you've basically, you just got paid to look at somebody's butthole from about 40 feet away. Yeah, that was definitely butthole peeping. But yeah, and dude, I've never had anything in my life been as gripping and as makes me feel as much shame and just as cigarettes, man. For me. Really? I can't like, enjoy it. You feel like it. you should have control over it and you don't? Yeah. Oh, it's hard, man. That is, the cravings are intense. They they say, the research suggests that the first two weeks is the toughest time, which is why they advocate using gum and lozenges and patches during that two weeks. And there's a there's a medication that about 30% of the time really takes the cravings away. Yeah. You could try it. Yeah, I might try some some new things. I'm on day four today. Oh, good for you. Oh, yeah. dude. And I've been using, honestly, like I've just been honestly asking God to help me with it. And I know, like, I'm not, you know, devoutly religious, but just been asking... I think some of it is just giving up control. Yeah, yeah, surrendering. Yeah, absolutely. Surrender. 
Yeah, Sren is, surrender. is a super powerful process that people don't understand. Yeah. Real surrender. Right. I mean, you can think you're surrendering, but when you really surrender, that's a heavy-duty thing. Yeah, I mean, just saying, look, I need, there's going to be times throughout the day where I need help with this, man, and I need help. Mm. Like, I, I can't, because I've tried. I mean, mm. day after day, like, I'm not going to do this, and I'll do it, you know? Mm. And then I feel so much shame because it's like, man, I'm not strong enough to control myself. You do, you, know? do you have someone you can call when you get to close to the edge like that? Um, yeah, I do. The problem is then when I get to those moments where I should. You don't want to call. I don't want you to. You want to use. Yeah. It, by the time you've – maybe a couple steps before yeah. call. Yeah. I need to start incorporating some new things. And yeah. I think right now I'm being a little bit brave enough in some of my ways to do it, to try and do some different things, man, some contrary action and – I've I've found too though. I mean, this was my experience with sponsors early on. Is that if I can bottle it up, and I know this is patently wrong in how I would handle it, but something about reaching out made the shame worse. Is yeah, that's I, you though. You if got, I could keep got, it private, you have a big dose of that, right? Yeah, but if I could keep I'm it private, at least that it was something that I can. It's interesting that something about reaching out makes the shame worse. Uh, yeah, I don't think that I have that, but that is – I could imagine but, having that right. and that I would I can be... imagine too because it's embarrassing. It's shameful. Yeah. But you know the opposite is going to happen I when know. you contact that person. Yeah. you got to have that faith. So in a weird way, your faith was off, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's huh. powerful, man. It's interesting learning about yourself and trying to figure out some of the stuff and – you know, being contrary do you, action. Do and you to be do you brave. look at your youth any differently now? You continue to grow and recovery and stuff. Because um, you've had a lot of thoughts. I, I'm fascinated by how you look at a lot of things that you grew up around. You yeah. know, I've always asked you questions about that because I'm interested in your perceptions. And, you know, people that have been in certain situations in life and found their way out have very clear ideas about things and how things can be done to help people that are still back there. Yeah, right. And I wonder if that changes as all as as you have changed yeah i definitely i think you know i look at kids i i, I see kids being a, i look at children a little bit differently i look at the power kids are pretty powerful you don't really realize if they have to create their own worlds how powerful they can be and then how locked in there they can really be mm. um wow that's that's i had not thought about that tell me a little more about that just like you know, I realized when I was a kid, like I started, you know, I was ashamed of where I lived. So I started biking to school and I would bike to school and it was like five miles, you know. Yeah. And at the time, it didn't seem like anything to me. It was like, this is what I need to do. Because you're so motivated. Yeah, to make my world seem okay. So kids don't see me get off of like the poor bus and then they don't have this judgment against me. And I'm able to like, you know, whatever it was, like stay out of whatever shame I needed to or whatever, you know, and just um, and when I look back on that, I'm I'm kind of fascinated that I was able to do that. Not that I was, just that a young kid was able to be like, okay, I'm going to bike this. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have my book bag on my back, and it's not really the safest route, and it's going down a highway, and you're like, oh. okay. I would fight your parents let you do that. Yeah, and my mom had to work. She didn't even know, you know. Like, she probably didn't even know, you know. And But then also not being mad at her about it. She was just trying to, you know, Live. yeah, keep everything going. You start to just like – Man, it's just a lot for for some of these families. Remind people again the story, your older dad and stuff. And yeah, my dad was 70 when I was born. My dad was a senior citizen. Holy Dude, mackerel. You didn't know this? My grandfather was born in 1880, bro. My oh, grandfather. His father. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had one drawing of him at our house. <laughs> Done by an Indian. No pictures. By an yeah. Native American. <laughs> we had a drawing and a framed description. <laughs> we had a framed description of my grandfather on the wall. Wow. <laughs> it's still all Louisiana? Everyone in the... Um, my father was from Nicaragua. My gr- my mother was from Illinois. But I yeah, up in Louisiana. I don't know, man. Somebody fucked on a boat. That's not even a oh, you know, yeah. No, that's not a land animal. You don't make a land animal with that. I'm Polish Nicaraguan. You know, that's a weird combo. Yeah, that's a boat, baby. That's a that's a that's a barge, baby. I was gonna say, but that that's is a barge. <laughs> that's a tough fella, though. That's a good. Call. That's a tough fella. That's a lot of good genes. You know, if you wanted to be like a fighter or something. I mean, that's. Yeah. Well, apparently, I'm just fighting my own mental health. Well, so your dad, your dad, your but your relationship with him was sort of good, right? right? Yeah, yeah, we we got along good. It was yeah. just, you know, he was just dying. I remember he was my, just dying. It's yeah. all about it. Just, yeah. Well, that, there's that. He was yeah. just all dying. Oh, my brother would come in the room. He'd be like, "Dad's dad's dead." <gasps> like you fucking is he? And I'd run in there, and he wouldn't be dead, right? <laughs> so then it got to like this. He'd come in, he'd be like, "Dad's dead." He'd be like, "You remember dad?" I'm like, "Yeah, I fucking remember dad." He'd be like, "Well, he's dead." How old is your brother? I don't know, two years older than me. I don't even know. I don't know how old either one of us was ever. 
and I still don't. We're still always going to be eleven and nine. But he, but then I go, but then my, we would start fighting. My mom would come home, and we were fighting because my dad wasn't dead. Like physically fighting, yes, fist fighting because my dad wasn't dead. What's wrong? Dad's not dead. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking said he was dead, and I go in there, and he's just napping, and now he's pissed that I woke him up. So just weird shit like that. that? Uh, She'd probably beat our ass for fighting. You, but, but there's got to be a weird sense of I don't want to say abandonment, but uh, this 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 feeling of uh, there you probably had a way different view of mortality than other kids. Just like um, you growing up with a with a, uh, a continuously or consistently sick parent. Yeah, you get because you probably. Did think to yourself like my dad could go it, and by the time you were seventeen, I mean your dad was eighty-seven years old. Yeah, you probably had a much different view of, of mortality and how, how fleeting how, life could be. How old were you when he died? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I was sixteen, mm. and I remember being ashamed. I remember, and I feel pretty bad. I remember like the, one of the last times I saw him, he was at a dinner with a, a, a lady that he was dating. His girlfriend. He ended up seeing this woman for like about eight years, and she was a great lady. And and I saw them at a restaurant, and I had a girlfriend. I was like fourteen. And we weren't, we didn't live together at the time. And I saw them in a restaurant and I introduced him as my grandfather to the girl, but at a, such a verbal level where I knew my dad wouldn't be able to like make out yeah, kind yeah. of what I was saying, you know? And I guess I felt, yeah, I guess uh, I was pretty ashamed. Well, I would say you had a lot of shame growing yeah. up, shame of the poor, shame of the dad. And, and, and did your parents ever marry? Yeah, they yeah. were married and then they, 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 they had four kids, you know, and they Oof. were, then they got divorced when I was like seven. What are your siblings doing now? What's going on? My brother's doing great. I got a sister that's not doing real well. She's, you know, suffers from drug and alcohol abuse. Uh-oh. And then I got another sister that's a nurse, actually. Oh, nice. interesting. So one's an addict, one's a codependent. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. Um, and then my brother's been through recovery, and he's done extremely well. And he is, he's so versed. He does a lot of stuff with helping kids, and he's so versed in communication with children. Like, he's fascinated by it. Hmm. I think he'll make some really good books or someone. He's so... I've never met anybody as adept as like the the word you use, the exact word, and how it can affect like you know your communication with the kid and stuff. And and he loves it. He does it because he wants to, you know, be able to like better communicate with his own kids and help other people do the same. And it's good, man. So now you know I'm kind of grateful some of the stuff because I feel like some of our family has like platforms where we'll be able to influence some sort of positivity or sure. you know. Now like, one of the things you always were pretty outspoken about was government intervention for people who are struggling that you felt it sort of kept them dependent yeah i think there's a lot of circles where you get stuck you get that excuse culture you know we grew up around a lot of it you know and i think you saw more of it with black families when i was growing up because they were more impoverished you know yeah there's no black wealth when i was growing up black wealth was you saw the people on a coming to America, whoever those actors were, yeah. and the Dallas Cowboys. Those are the only rich black people in America. Yeah. You know, Jesse Jackson, I guess. Right. But, so yeah, you saw a lot more like excuse culture, like people living off the government. Like we had, you know, I had friends, they had a, a family member, they would make him mentally handicapped or legally keep him at home, a dummy check to get the dummy check. We talked about that before. Yes. So you get a check you, from the you government. You used the R word last kids. time we described it. Mentally retarded? <laughs> yes. Yeah. The check. Yeah. They, they were, they, maybe they used to call it that, I think. Man. Well, they did. Absolutely. It's still, I mean, look, it's still used medically. I mean, no, 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 but you, but they would literally have a kid. I understand. We were talking about the use of the word, the R word. Yeah, Yeah. oh, retarded. It's coming back a little bit, dude. I have two friends that are retarded. They don't care if you use it. Yeah, you know who uses it? People that aren't retarded. Yes, and it's like, do they get a say in it? They're not. Well, it's like Brad Williams and Midget. Yeah, Brad Williams a dwarf and uses the word midget all the time. He's angry that he can't use it. Yeah, (laughs) that's funny. (laughs) It's strange though, like that 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 idea of of shame, like becoming good at shame as you grow up. It, it Ooh, that's make, an interesting thought too. This you know what very, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Becoming good at it. Yeah, you're good at shame. You yeah, know? you were good at it. You were good, good at sort of managing it, accommodating it, being it. You know what? That's a lot. I guess it's funny because I never thought that a lot of what I was managing, for some reason, I just felt a lot of shame. I don't even think I blamed it on anybody. I just felt a cloud of it. Well, you just, probably blamed yourself. You blame that's yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're yourself. an addict. That's that's. that's 
part and parcel, yeah, you know. Like, and then you probably get addicted to it a little yeah. bit. And that can well, be one you, of the things gives as you, you get older, not staying addicted to the shame. It gives you a good reason. It gives yes. you a good reason to be angry and to act out and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And it probably made it probably had a lot to do with you being so funny because that was a great a great coping mechanism. I would imagine. Is well, being, let's yeah. talk about that for a second because I've never talked about this. Theo. Is, is, what do you think comedians – is there a common carry in terms of the mental health or shame, anger? There's an ego maniacal. There's, there's definitely a lot of ego in it. In comedy. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, yes, you're standing up in a mic by yourself and talking. I mean, that's just right. – Everybody look at me. Yeah. yeah. But, but I, I don't – But you earn it. Yeah, you earn it. It's not as if it was the right word. Is is it? Is that the right word? Maybe ego isn't. I don't like it when people say, "Oh, you make so many people laugh." Like, you, yeah, you do it for other people. I do get joy out of seeing people be happy. Like, if I see a father son come to the event, maybe I just get joy about seeing a father son together. You know, or a family if they come out and they all had a good time yeah. and they really did. Like that makes me feel really good. You know, L- but I'm not up there thinking a lot of times. Let me let me tell you. Yeah, but that, again, you're getting back to something. You're you're pl- placing uh, blame on yourself, like you're doing something wrong. Does a basketball? Does LeBron James sit around and go like, "Oh, well, I'm doing this for the people"? No, he does it because he's fucking excellent at it. But and let, he let, found let me, his skill in life, and he and he harnessed it. And I'm you right. you found your skill set, and you worked to, to polish it to its best. But I think ability. he's onto something. I think let me let me let me tell you an image I'm having right now. Okay, which is. Um, Ralphie May, God rest him. I, yep. I miss him so much. Uh, I saw him once in, at the. Uh, I've told the story before at the. Uh, what's the big shrine? The shrine, shrine auditorium, full, completely wow. full. Had people laugh the entire room. This was hold fifty five hundred people or something. Mm-hmm. It's giant. Everybody gasping for air, and I remember looking out. I was way over on the wing, looking at the audience, and these. It was like like waves of humanity were like going, and he was like like I imagined him as like some sort of a conductor standing in front of this extraordinary wave, and I brought it up with him because he's on Loveline the next night. And I went, dude, I've never seen anything like that. He goes, he, and he was very humble about it. He goes, that's power, dude. That's power, right? Mm. And I, so maybe it's more power than ego. I wonder, is it some sort of bid to? A control. To empower yourself in some way and control, yeah. Is- you know, it's funny. I, I think – I was thinking about this a little bit. You know, I think when I was young, I never – my mother never really laughed, you know, and I and I always and, – and just recently I started realizing like, you know, my mom la- – we were talking about something recently and my mom was laughing on the phone. And I was like, man, I never – I don't know if I'd ever remember my mother laughing, you know, like right. I, I think there was something when I was young, I wanted to make my mother laugh like, and I, and I couldn't, you know, or something, or I wanted my mother to feel okay. My mother was never okay. You know, she always felt bad. She was always working hard and she just, something was, she had her own issues. Were you entertaining her a lot to try to make her feel better? We would do stuff. I remember. Yeah. yeah it would be like at night, like, uh, we'd put on like little performances for her in her room, like orchestrate these little deals. You and, and your brother or the sisters to The whole siblings, everybody. anybody that was get involved, you yeah. know, and yeah, I think I just wanted to make her feel good and make her laugh. And so, you know. Uh, so it is kind of an empowerment. It's getting control over her misery. Yes. Yeah. I think, it, yeah, in some way. And I haven't done a lot of work on it. Yeah. But there was something, yeah, just. And it made me feel okay when people are laughing, they couldn't not like you, you know. Right. So you were, for that moment, you were kind of okay. And I felt just so scared. It was like a power. It was like a, it was my only little superpower, yeah. you know, or like. Yeah. It was like my 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 strength. Like yeah, I couldn't yeah. physically be strong, or I didn't know if I could, and so. But it's something extraordinary too, and I, I always feel like, yeah, you know, we we talked about with this with Delia on Loveline a, a while Chris ago, Delia. a long time ago, and and it's like he's pretty fascinating. He's a fascinating guy. I don't know him very well. I mean, I know him, but I don't know him. But, he, but he, we were talking about it, and this idea that you know. Comics themselves look at it as this negative thing about this egomaniacal idea that I'm going to consume everybody's attention. But the reality is it's like you have an exceptional talent that very few people have. I don't see it as any more egomaniacal than anybody – any more so than anybody standing up and singing. Right. I don't see it any different. Well, it's because it's your own ideas and you're talking – you're essentially talking – something that you created. You know, I know that people write songs but at the same time like – People have a, it's a, people for the most part, myself included, have an easy time looking at a per- performance of song as artwork, and I'm observing art. 
stand up, you still, even though you're not, you're, you you're sense that you're getting, you're getting a set, you're getting someone being themselves. Yeah, in you front put of yourself you. in the light. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I just thought of, even just listening to. All, you almost have to – you're creating a world kind of because yeah. you need a world where you can feel okay and whatever goes on in that thing, whatever the jokes or this or that or like you're saying, Ralph, it's like this comfortable – it's almost like you need this comfortable uh, wave, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, almost a sound wave or a, an acceptance wave mm-hmm. or what, a communication wave where – that that's a world you feel comfortable in because mm-hmm. it really is, man. When I think about it, when it, when it, when the night goes good and they'll just let me be, and people won't act out in the crowd and be a jerk or somebody yelling or anything, I know it's going to be a comfortable wave, you know, for fifty minutes that everybody's going to have fun in because you know how to do that because I know how to do that, yeah. 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 And it takes, yeah, it just takes me, you know, twelve years to feel okay for an hour. You know, <laughs> I think that's kind of what it is, you know, in a weird way, but not in a bad way, but. But it, yeah, it's such a control thing. I don't know, man. This is this is interesting, you know. But yeah, I mean, it makes me grateful that dude paid me forty bucks to look at his butthole. <laughs> it does absolutely. absolutely. Nothing's ever been as fun, huh? Well, bro, it's a, now you can do it for fifty minutes. Certainly, nothing is profitable. Anything on <laughs> Facebook? Anything uh, coming up there from our producer? Dude, I rem- Oh, I what? can tell you what they had, dude. So when I was growing up, you know, they had. We grew up across a river from a rest area. A rest know? area, like. Like yeah. where you pull off the road and arrest? And people weren't resting, really. A lot of people doing gay drugs. Sex. Yeah, doing drugs <laughs> by the river. Gay yeah. sex? Oh, it was some of that, but it was also drug-induced homosexuality. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, which is a new, which is a whole, it's a deeper realm of homosexuality. Anybody can be homosexual. Yeah. But not everybody can do it on drugs, you know? And so you'd see people back there doing drugs. Well, anyway, on our side of the river, they had these two dudes. One time, me and my buddy went down there, and these two guys were over there. They had this potato. They had these potatoes in one of those big slingshots. Yeah. And if drug-induced homosexuality was occurring, they'd fire a tot over at them. Potato gun. Yeah. Not a gun. A gun Slingshot. Slingshot. Yeah, because gun is a little bit more, you know, you're aiming. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Gun is somebody could get hurt. But you, you know, you fucking hum a fucking yam at somebody from 200, 200 yards off. And it, they had binoculars. And it wasn't if men were gay men. Yeah. yeah. You know, because somebody's we, trading drugs for sex. That's yeah. What you were or people involved. that were so high on drugs that they then were engaging yeah. in. What, what is it about the, a river that makes humanity behave differently? It's something about, something it's about a, a river. Train tracks and riverbeds. Right? Yeah. It's the ability to escape. I think that, yeah, that in a moment's notice you could be gone and never, it could all disappear. It's like robbing a bank near a freeway. It's like yeah. you just get that's, that easy that's, access. That's Theo's version. But, but I believe like there's a difference between a western river and an eastern, southeastern river. Yeah, Some about yeah. the Mississippi a little more stately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those are stately acts. Well, yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, rivers in the south, too, some of them, they'll go down and they'll come right back yeah. up. So you could think you're escaping and then you're passing just right by the other windows on the house. You know, you're like, fuck. We forgot about this bin. This oxbow. <laughs> yeah, we forgot about this oxbow. Oh. Oh but God. it was funny because people would be like, oh, well, they're, that, they're, they don't like gay people. That wasn't it. They didn't have any issue with gay people. They had an it, issue. Dr- extreme drug behavior. Extreme drug behavior yeah. because they were like, well, then you These could guys be, will thank us one day. Yeah, you could be putting <laughs> disease in our town, right? This could be two businessmen clouded by some dope, you know? Yeah. And they don't want to take this home to their family. I mean, who knows? What was the know? drug of choice down there in those days? Oh, I don't even know. We weren't allowed to have it. For me, it was Tootsie Rolls, man. I was young, you know? Put, what think, age are we talking? Think, I'd put a bag of rolls in. I put forty fucking Tootsie Rolls into my mouth, son, one at a time. I would. I would think math would be the drug. Math, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm trying Around to think. Time. We saw. Yeah, I bet probably there was probably some early meth. Yeah, you know? yeah. Not the, it was the first meth wave. Yeah, we're in the second meth wave now. Yeah. No, I was. I was. You were part of the first heavy wave. in the first meth yeah. wave. Were you really? You were Southern California. It. That was in the late nineties. It's back, man. It's oh back. yeah, I bet. Go look, all the homeless people. Their bikes apart beside yeah. their tents. Oh, what yeah. do you think that is? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Oh bad. yeah. I oh, took it's... apart. I told you I took apart my friend's TV because I was positive that Conan O'Brien was talking to me. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I took it apart piece by piece, and 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 I don't know what I thought I would achieve by taking apart his TV. Like I could get into Conan get, O'Brien, get a, hand, get a hold of Conan. But man, prove, prove your point. Conan, found a toolbox. Tell, tell him. Yeah. Tell him you're talking to me. Found a toolbox. Wow. Dismantled it. To, and this is a you know late '90s, so it wasn't like flat screen. This was like a big box. Damn. That I. <laughs> but that's pretty exceptional, man. These young meth heads, they couldn't even do that. No, no, they can't even drive manual. <laughs> they can't even. 
No, well, millennial meth. Millennial yeah, they meth can't, can't even even... drive manual. <laughs> millennial meths. <laughs> but you know what's getting big now? I'm noticing is, and it's just people are doing mushrooms just on a regular on a regular daily well, they're, basis. They're doing LSD on a regular basis, and now now psilocybin is stepping into that. Yeah. So we it, it, the Mike and I were talking about this earlier on a different podcast. But that the public has gotten ahead of medical science in the use of chemicals. Yeah. And so we don't have the research to recommend or even to tell you what is or is not okay because we don't have the research yet. But what people are doing is microdosing LSD, microdosing psilocybin, LSD, friend of life stuff. They're trying to use LSD for mood thing. They're all over the place. Ketamine for mood. And That's uh, what I want to get on. Ketamine? is the you, medically regulated ketamine. Yeah, you that you sounds could, like a fucking well, no, safe the, zone. No, no. It's, it's three. They, they do these infusions of ketamine that... Theo's up for that. Yeah. And and, and, and uh, you have like three or five treatments under anesthesia, essentially. Really? So, yeah, you would be a candidate for it. Yeah. I could see you, you don't do that. You seem like a guy that would do some I'd and also some. maybe coach a basketball team or something, a Latino team. No, you yeah. know, I had a great response to that with Dave Navarro. That's, uh, well, that's, really? who, that's yeah. who got me into it. Yeah. He's fascinating. His mother got murdered on the street that I live on. What? Greenfield, yeah. I, just, I, I thought was it was in Arizona or something where she got married. Got, got murdered. murdered. No, no, she no. She might have been murdered in Arizona. No, I think it was out here. It was out here. Yeah. I didn't know Y'all that. live on Greenfield. She got murdered like three bucks. Sorry, I, I mean, but I just, you know, you guys brought him up. No, I, we, he, listen, he has a documentary about it. I'd fascinating, dude. I'd love to. Oh, he seems fascinating, Was man. it setting rising and, sun and, or and, and sober Dave is the nicest guy. Oh, like, my God. the nicest, nicest guy dude. on the planet. Yeah. He is... And the most interesting guy too. Yeah. I, just, I just did his podcast. Did or, you? He has a radio show on uh, Dark Matter. Dark Matter. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's dude. I had some friends that tried to uh, that shot a pilot with him, and it was about him going around and like these dark worlds that people are in, like mm-hmm. people, where people bring pints of their own blood and they drink them, and, you know, at like a bar, and then like <laughs> other like you know. And he, they oh, said he was like God. a sex addict too. I would yeah. always hear, you know, he has some uh, yes. real. And I mean, he's yeah, he's kind of that ambidextrous kind of sexual deviant. You he know, he was on this show. He's, he, we love him. Oh, he seems fascinating. I'd love to meet that man. So we oh, need to take a little break, and then we're going to answer some, some questions. All right, we'll take a little break. Right back. Yeah, we'll just- Let's talk about CBD. It's pretty much everywhere today, and it's a topic that I get asked about a lot. My bottom line on CBD, although there are way more claims than clinical evidence right now, many people are using it and reporting great results, and that is very, very encouraging. I want to first define exactly what I'm talking about here. CBD, or cannabidiol, is an extract from hemp. And while you might associate it with marijuana, CBD is the non-psychoactive component of hemp. It's also what's responsible for the calming or relaxing effects many people experience, not the high. Now, about the products. There are a ton of products on the market today. For getting the vast array of reported health benefits, it's important to be aware of what you're buying. I was recently introduced to a company called Select CBD, an Oregon-based company that focuses on high-quality ingredients and manufacturing standards, not on hype. Their CBD-based products are available in a wide range of formulations and flavors, each of which is clearly described so you can make an informed decision without all the promises that sound way too good to be true. Like I said, the reported benefits of CBD are very compelling, and I'm pretty excited to see how things develop as science catches up with this booming industry. So, if you're ready to try CBD, I encourage you to check out Select CBD. To learn more, go to drdrew.com slash select. That's drdrew.com slash S-E-L-E-C-T. For a limited time, you can save 25% at checkout with code D-R-D-R-E-W. That's code Dr. Drew. If you or someone you know is dealing with addiction, someone you love, finding treatment is difficult. It's very frustrating. It is a minefield out there. And the truth is every patient's needs are different and evolving. People behind True Recovery in Orange County, California, realize that effective care is not one size fits all. That's why they have developed a comprehensive range of treatments that can address all facets of this disease. True Recovery's master level clinicians maintain small caseloads. They personally manage your case, allowing them to personalize the care. They offer individualized treatment plans from residential to outpatient and always with an eye on a holistic approach and a focus on accountability. And as patients become ready, this is a key part of what True Recovery offers. They offer assistance with life and coping skills, school and vocational coordination, as well as community reintegration support and aftercare. I've spoken with the medical director at True Recovery, and I was impressed with the range of therapeutic modalities and psychiatric services. Their experienced team is well-equipped to manage patients at all levels of care. 
To request information on how True Recovery can provide you the personalized care you need, go to drdrew.com slash true. Again, that is drdrew.com slash T-R-U-E. And we are back. And uh, what do you got from Facebook? Um, well, there was a guy from the previous show yeah. when we were talking Swole Patrol, but mostly health questions. His name's Rick, and he wants to know what is – I'm not sure if this is really – how he asked it before, but he said, what is incomplete about the 12-step programs? Incomplete? Yeah, and what are what are some assumptions they make about the individual? Thanks, I'm six months sober as well. I don't have a vague question. That. I know, that's, yeah. a, that's a tough but I will, What I will say, though, is that don't mistake... Re- recovery is about trying to regain a flourishing life in a world without drugs and alcohol. It's about not using drugs and alcohol. It, but for for some people, they a lot of people, particularly people with bad addiction, they need other kinds of treatment on top of twelve step. So it's incomplete in the sense that there can be a complete and thorough recovery of mood and sense of self and emotional regulation. Sometimes trauma therapies, sometimes interpersonal therapies. Emotionally, I, I always think emotionally focused therapies are very good for addicts, alcoholics. It takes time. Yeah, it takes time. But the recovery is the core. You, if you don't do the recovery, you can't do the other stuff. Yeah, you can't. She can't do it. it. Just doesn't work. Now, incomplete recoveries like people want to be on medication assisted treatments and they want to just not do it. Okay, that's fine. I'm not interested in that. That's, right. not, that's not why I got into the field. I got in the field because I saw people go from dying to holy shit, amazing people, yeah. and I wanted to be a, help people do that. And that was pretty extraordinary for me just to see that happen. Yeah, I get especially yeah. I mean, you, you've probably seen AA do things that medicine is unable to do. Oh, one hundred percent. I, I, listen, I, it's, it's worse than that. I was, I was. That's fascinating to be able to witness that, you know, absolutely. And from oh, no. that real perspective. Oh, I listen to this. That. Let me listen to this. So I was, at, I'm an internist, right? So I'm doing medical, 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 and I was dealing with their detoxes and stuff. And I was spending all my time on the drug unit because that's where all the medical problems were. And I'm like, what's this twelve step stuff? It's <laughs> goofy stuff. Those twelve steps on the wall. And this treatment room. What are they doing in there? Is that nonsense? I'm getting them off drugs. I'm doing it. And then I saw a couple of patients who I sort of stuck with across the course of treatment because they had various problems. Start to block. I was like, "Oh my god, what's happening to these people? What is going on here?" I was, I couldn't wow. believe it. I, and then I, they come back four months later and six months later. I'm like, "Holy shit, this is a changed person." You don't get to do that in medicine almost anywhere. Wow. You kind of go from acutely ill to chronically ill. Yeah. This was di- a young, healthy person dying Bob to b- being amazing. And Bob Forrest. Wait, we have the footage up on our website right now where I found Bob Forrest after 10 years yeah. on this Bill Nye thing. Wow. He, I know. It was so weird. We were talking about it, and the next day I was cleaning the garage, and I found the tape. It just, like, popped out of nowhere. So I put it on the website. It's hysterical. Yeah, me, watch that. Yeah. Well, it's not that exciting, but he's, he's – But it's interesting to see him, I bet. But well, he talks he, about it all the time. He's like, when I saw Bob, I thought he was dead, and there <laughs> he was. Bob still looks a little dead sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah, but you didn't see him in when he was dead. Yeah, when, when, imagine him – Looking like he has AIDS or he's any on heroin and toothless. He got and, new teeth. Oh, wow. Looks great. I could see that those teeth are new. Now that I think about it, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's crazy. They have that luster. I would, I would never. Yeah, they do. I no, would ne- he didn't have the new ones when you saw him. He just got them. Just <laughs> I would never him. think that though. Yeah. And so I just told everybody, this man is dead. There's no way he can survive this. We got to all just accept that and just got to get rid of him. We can't be around this because we're enabling this death, and it's going to happen no matter what we do. And I just cut him out, and uh, ten years later, twelve years later, whatever it was, fifteen years later. Yeah. He resurfaced when I was doing this thing with Bill Nye. Bill Nye's the science guy. And he was in this oh, audience. Yeah. show that never made it, of course. And he was in this audience. It was good. And I was giving a lecture about drug addiction. And this guy looked like Bob Forrest. kept asking me these great questions. Like, Jesus Christ. The whole time I'm thinking, fuck, that guy's dead. I could probably, can't be Bob Forrest. Because yeah. that guy's dead. Bob Forrest is dead. And, and he came up to me <laughs> afterwards and he goes, uh, hey, you know, we knew each other one time. I was like, oh, I almost, I almost had a heart attack. Yeah. It was the weirdest <laughs> thing. But then we got to know each other and I watched him work. And I, was, I stole him, got him. Brought him to my program. Wow! Because I, I, yeah, I first of all, I thought anybody that recovered from that kind of addiction, I'm already interested. Because he was so was that fascinating, huh? To he, you, he was that far gone. He Damn. was goner, and to see him now flourishing and being insightful and sort of he's a family now. Oh yeah, I think uh, does, he has a couple of little kids. <laughs> yeah, but that's fa- I mean that's amazing to think amazing. that you know when you're looking for drugs and then to think that years later he was you know, homeless on the street and living in MacArthur Park. He was the guy that if, that people nice park. he'd come and knock on your door and people would pretend they weren't home. Hiding. Oh, yeah. that guy. Is that guy? <laughs> we knew some of those people. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's why I mean it is fascinating. It really is. I mean, that, and I think that's one of the reasons why I go to the meetings sometimes. It's just 
it's like it's the one place that I've found where there's a possibility like you could witness a miracle. You can hear about frequently. Yeah. And that's the stuff that's what that's what interested me. And so these sort of half measures that people are taking to get to yeah. prevent from dying doing opiates or whatever okay i'm okay with that i'm just not interested in it. i'm not the kind of work i want to do yeah so so um ashley had this question when you guys were talking about you know being a comedian and yeah know, please and she was she was comparing that comedians would be the same as musicians as far as See, i was saying they're different yeah they're different because you don't hear what what theo was saying for musicians so much different but even though it's the same thing it's well, you can have it. trauma and be a musician. You can have trauma and be a comedian. And well, you can have trauma be, and be a pilot. You can have well, trauma and be. I a, would think I, there is something about being a trauma survivor that makes you want to be in front of people. I think there's something about that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, there's something. I don't. I'm not saying everybody with trauma has that, but there's something about it. And I think it has something to do with that when you're traumatized, you're you're so in need of being of closeness, and you can't get there because you've been, you've had that ruptured by trauma. Oh, that's interesting. And the 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 crowd sort of substitutes for that a bit. I think. You ever see people? That's pretty fascinating. I can right? I can relate to that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I want to be connected sometimes, and I just it's like my arms that are like inside of my soul just aren't long enough to like to touch. Attach. Yeah. The re- like whatever else is like kind of a normal like plane or yeah, something i get it I, it's I, bizarre I, sometimes it's yeah. like you can almost feel it you know yeah i i had emotional abuse too when i was growing up and, I, and so i can you know feel and understand and relate to those kinds of f- f- what exactly what you're describing yeah that's why you're such a narcissist let's get into that and that <laughs> can be go ahead, and on that note go I'm ahead gentlemen kidding. go ahead I'm just he's kidding. a fascinating narcissist look if he is he hides it pretty well no, at he's times super I think. Smart. well i think i'm what he's they very call, smart i think i'm what they call a closet narcissist in the sense that some you're pe- gay i could see that no is that some people you still have the narcissistic injury but your focus is other people oh that's good and so it looks like not but there's still some elements of it. Yeah. Now, now thank God I've had enough therapy that that it's not really operating that much, mm-hmm. but I could see how that would have been a thing. Oh, it's yeah. it's interesting you're able yeah. to think about that kind of stuff yeah. and see it. Yeah, I think it look man and then the saddest part for me then is it's like if I go if you go to your childhood you go to those types of things and then it's like you end up taking like to your parents where probably some of that, you know, came from. And then but then uh, when I talk to my mom, she has no – whatever happened to her, it's like it's just this mm. – it's, it's an intergenerational thing. And it just makes me it's sad. Just, it's like, man, I, I just want to go back in time and like wherever something stu- – you know, yeah. like you just yeah, want to get know, to the Yeah, but you know, you were talking a few minutes ago about the black families. Imagine what they've been oh, transmitting. Yeah. Oh, through. I can't I, imagine. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. And so, you know, we talk about intergenerational transmission of trauma. We we, we got to get deeper and more honest as a culture talking about A hundred percent. And that's some of the thing that makes me mad. It's like – you know, it's like you can't talk sometimes. Like you can't include race. You can't include gender. It, just to even have a conversation. Yep. You know, the ability to have a conversation in this country or in, at a high level. Yep. And people don't want to have it. A lot of people, they start making money. They want to stay with the money. They yeah. don't even want to, mm-hmm. you know, admit like, you know, like um, that we all are, you know, really kind of the same and really struggling with a lot of the same stuff. Same stuff. It's very uh, – unfortunately, because it is so common, it is so much the same stuff – the the liability of it is a lot of envy and aggression and then mob action and that's what's going on on Twitter right now. Yeah. So if all this mob stuff. Oh, going Twitter's on, insane. And, and that's where the, <laughs> that's where I think the big problem is right now because that's the most unhealthy manifestation of all this. Yeah. You think there's a yeah similarity, Drew? I was thinking about how Theo said he wants to the connection, but like the soul's yeah. the yeah. arms of his soul are yeah, long it's a brilliant. Enough. It's a great image. I I feel. Do I, you have the same thing? I, but I, only sexually. Hmm. Like I want to be able to have intimacy and develop this connection, but I can't. Like there, like I, I, well, you I know, it's uh, the reason that you're st- you're stumping me a little bit is that most people that have that then can only experience it sexually. <laughs> no, because I that can, is the way is the way to get over it into a connection. I can't. I can't yeah. connect with. I can. Right. I enjoy. You're, sex, you're the flip side of it, and I want you're, to, but I only want it I don't for think my you own heard needs. Me. I don't think right. You, yeah. Is, are you having what he has? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have that exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. I only want it for my own need. It's like, yeah, it's like I only want it for my own need. I loved know? the idea of really connecting with a woman and, and having like a shared intimacy, and, but it's just not happening. 
it's like a hand. It's almost like somebody's born without a leg, you know. In yeah, a it's, a it's a handicap. It's a handicap is the word, but you can get over with emotionally focused therapies. I'm telling you, EFT works. Does, is your That's wife aware need, of that disconnect? Yeah, oh, she's aware. Does she complain about texting about it every week? You know, tonight, the night, or not? No, no. But is she complaining about it, or is it just feel it? She doesn't complain about it because she knows that that won't help. But she that's nice of her. We work on it in therapy together. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I had a chance. I was seeing a girl, and the therapist was like, you know, you have to practice these things. You have to, like, lay together naked. Because, like, I can, you know, be sexual with a girl that I don't care about. Oh, exactly. that's a different thing. No, I'm the same way. Though. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, a different thing. Okay, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's, the, that's sort of the that's the good-bad split in your in It your bothers soul. me to have sex with my wife because I know that I'm, well, I'm, you're I'm, soiling her. Well, no, I'm I'm using her like a fuck doll, which is what I you know, as opposed to I should be. And it's like it's a, I've seen it happen time and time again. Where if I have one night tawdry, one night stands, everything's fine because I know that's exactly what it's for, and it's serving its purpose, and and I can deal with that. It's that when I know I'm in a relationship with someone that I love, or or should, um. There's this block where I don't want to treat them like I know I'm about to treat them. Right. So, so it's so, like so, I'm aversive to sex it, in any but way. But it's an internal split. It's like right. anybody that I love that would have sex with me, something's wrong. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, they, I can't. They're being bad with me because that's the bad part of me. Dude, that's how I feel. I feel almost like I am – like it's illegal. Like yeah, if I want the to bad part engage in sex with like a girlfriend. Yeah. yeah, so you have to have a bad person to do that with. Right. Or or just a girl that that knows that knows the game that this so is that's, a that's, one time you, thing. You can and... let her. That can be a bad person. Mm. Right. Oh, that's mind. interesting. You say it like that. Yeah. I I feel. I'm using this word bad. No, that's how I feel. Yeah. I feel like yeah. If I, I it I, it almost makes this feeling in my throat like it's un, like I'm un like mm. this is gross. It's mm, yeah. an anxiety. That's called globus. That feeling. It's is it? Globus. That's got a name. Yeah. Wow. It's got like a fist in your neck. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I which is also a sex move that yeah. I Globus, which is strangely the guy who used to show the asshole to Theo called it Globus. Mister <laughs> 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 Globus for uh, Mister Patrick. Let's don't call him a the woman, guy. A woman Let's named Noel. I, I think it's a woman. Said fear of intimacy and getting too close to someone out of fear of loving someone and fear of possible dealing with the pain of losing them. Yeah, so that's that's a typical move, which is this is different than what you guys are describing a yeah. little bit, which is a little more on the women's side than on the men that experience this kind of thing, which is what that person does that who just asked that question will sabotage relationships to be sure that they don't ever have to lose somebody. So mm. rather than get in and risk the possibility of loss, they'll just push them away or they'll do something to screw the relationship up. Is that or, more of a male or a female trait? More of a female part. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't sound like what I'm describing. No, no, you describe something but different. But you, know you, know you know what it reminds me of? You know what it reminds me of, Drew? Like... Uh, talking to girls that are like 25 that only date 60-year-old guys or 55-year-old guys. They don't have to be close to Where, where they're like purposely setting themselves up in a situation where they know there's no future. Yeah, the guy's going to die. So, yeah. Yeah, like Courtney Stodden is one of those people maybe. Or I don't know what happened to her actually. Yeah, well, geez, was she on your thing? She was on Life Changers back years ago, but that's a name you would not, have not come up in 10 years, right? Yeah, uh, she, she just Instagrammed me the other day. What? And said... Uh, She's the one that they everyone claimed had... Breast implants, but she didn't. And well, she married that senior citizen. Yep. I think, yeah, since my dad was old, every time somebody fucks a senior citizen, they come to me. Well, see, he was a, <laughs> he was, that's funny. That guy was 200. <laughs> Wait, which guy was? It was like Milton Berle or somebody. It was like a dang... Um, he was like 55 or something, right? Karl Marx. Who was it? I mean, this guy <laughs> was... <laughs> I don't know any celebrity. Groucho Marx. <laughs> this guy was old, though. Yeah. What? Doug, is his name, right? Wasn't his name Doug something? Yeah, I think, yeah, maybe. Doug. Doug. Courtney. <laughs> oh, no, but before that, didn't she marry, like, she married, wasn't she famous for marrying an old man? I, Doug, maybe. I met Doug. Doug wasn't that old. Right, like, he was he's old. like middle-aged. Old but he's guy. middle-aged, yeah. yeah. Oh, she had somebody else for that. And, and the mom, for you guys. And I remember the mom was all signed off on everything. She was like, oh, yeah. Full, full oh, yeah. oh, yeah, dude, million-dollar baby, dude. God, I've not thought of them. Hillary so Swank long. should play her in a movie. <laughs> I sat on a plane and... First class. I was. A, I. I don't ever fly first class, but ABC was paying for it, so. They oh, flew, I love that. It was right after Dancing with the Stars. I flew to GMA to Good Morning America yeah. oh, to do cool. the New York stuff, yeah. right? So they fly you first class and everything. I'm in the first class cabin with my dancing partner and nobody else wow. but Hillary Swank oh. and two giant dogs, oh, like German really? Shepherds. She wow. had two of them. Oh, wow. And she just was traveling in first class with two gigantic. Did they each like, have their own seat? 
No, they were on the floor and they perfectly behaved oh, like the whole wow. time. They didn't make a peep. She wow. needs dog support. I guess, yeah. but not only dog. You think like dog support? It's like a Bichon. <laughs> she had two fucking murder dogs. Yeah. Two German shepherds. Yeah, well, maybe they're safety. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe they're security. Killers. Yeah, it's it was good security. That's what? cool, dude. I sat next to Eddie Money one time, um, and he sang that song. Do you know what it is? It's Two a, Tickets to Paradise. Yeah. yeah. And he uh, he said he used to huff gas all the time, oh, and one really? time he hit a, he hit some gas so hard, one of his legs shut down. <laughs> and it hasn't started back up. That's what he said. <laughs> and we looked down. a little bit alike, and then he showed me semi-nude pictures of his wife. <laughs> I was like, this is fucking awesome. I got stuck Where between- can I find him? Oh. oh, no, that's Jesse's girl. <laughs> I kept, oh, I kept Rick singing Rick Springfield. Rick Springfield. <laughs> oh, to I him? Ke- he must have yes. loved that. And he, I think it wasn't that's that That's why cool. he started showing you pictures. <laughs> I he shut you up. Shut up. <laughs> uh, you know, always, there's always somebody funky in the... Mark the, McGrath, I always see in first class. Every single flight I'm on. I think he's on every... I think McGrath he's on every is still flight. flying first class? Good for him. I think he's just on every flight. <laughs> I love Mark. I love oh, he's Mark. now a federal marshal. Yeah. He's such a sweet guy. He's the nicest dude. Smart is, guy, man. nice guy. He is, man. Yeah. He's come out the other end because there was a... He'll admit, there was a time and a place like when Sugar oh, sure. Ray was writing number one hits where he probably wasn't the easiest guy to get along with. And I never had a problem with him, ever. Speaking oh, of sure. Sugar Ray, I sat next to Sugar Ray Leonard and Chris Jenner was behind me. And they chatted oh, wow. the whole way as she got drunker and drunker. And I yeah. was I was sick and I had to go to sleep. But I love I did I did He was stars. so sweet. I did dance with stars with like, Sugar Ray. He was the so nicest guy. Yeah. Oh. He was the nicest dude on the planet. But I had a bad runny nose and I couldn't talk to him. He's he probably he's one of the I reasons why I danced up. so poorly. <laughs> like a Dr. Drew's wife song. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of the reasons why I danced so poorly. Because really? I spent so much time talking to him about old fights wow. and not That's rehearsing. That's oh funny. I ran into him again, and I told him I was that woman that was sitting next to you on the plane with the runny nose. Because at the end of the flight, I said, He's like, no. yeah. Oh, I, no, I, I remember so you, you. You had the runny nose. Oh, yeah. He goes, yeah, he takes some vitamins. Like, oh. yeah, right, anything sure. else on Facebook? Anybody oh, else? Um, can I con- how can vitamins. I convince my well, dad? I can all the wildest is, solutions to stuff. This is Kimberly. <laughs> How can I convince my dad to go to AA? He thinks it's all about willpower. He's 65, never been sober for a long period of time. Uh, he, he, he went from alcohol pills and back yeah, to alcohol. Okay, for her, she should go to Al-Anon. 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 She should go to Al-Anon. He will do whatever he does. Yeah. And hopefully he won't suffer too much in the meantime. So what's what's coming forward with you? What's going on? What are you doing? What's what are you going forward on? To? Everything's going okay, man. You know, work stuff. We got I a pilot. I want to do the podcast again. I love that podcast. Yeah, I want to. Maybe we'll come here and do one to make it easy on you. you I'll know? come out there. I don't care. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I like. You know what? I like being in this environment better. I don't like my environment. I'm really. I like really? your environment. Oh, really? I'm yeah. so happy. You like our couch. Yeah, we. Uh, this is kind of fun. You're out in the same studio as Fighter and the Kid, right? Right yeah. next door. Yeah. 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 We're starting a new podcast called King and the Sting. Me and one of those guys. Really? Yeah. So that'll be kind of king interesting, and, the sting. and it's like user generated where fans submit things. It's like king it or sting it, and we like you know I'm, say how we feel. Uh, can I talk about my thing with Tom? Yeah, Tom yeah. Segura. We're going to announce it tonight, anyway. Yeah, so, so I'm, I'm going to start something with Tom Segura. Where he wants me to do. That's he, he's great, got a whole new thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard about and, that. Got a new and, platform, and uh, I'm going to be. He's going to be sending me that. downstream comedians to talk to wow and so you so might be on that show too yeah it's gonna be i'd love to come in there because he, he christina is this he, she keeps talking about how comedians are all on the dark side the dark side the dark side yeah and we're gonna explore that it's wow. gonna be called what what would dr drew do maybe it'll be called the dark side it's a great question the dark side dark hmm. matter he'd probably go to the gym and get some eye drops <laughs> i have a feeling <laughs> that's dr drew's solution <laughs> yeah I really those, those are my two solutions eat some, some meat eat some steak <laughs> eat some meat <laughs> Pump some iron. Yes, that's some of the. Uh, that's the same. Um, who is uh, Jordan Peterson? Is a state guy. That's right. Did you did, interview him? Yeah, he came. I'm so jealous. I dying to talk to him. I I was a Jordan. You. It'd be a great conversation. I know that. And, and <laughs> you know, and, I just and, talked to him with Jason. What? Yeah, last Friday. A week Would you? Ago. With Jason Somebody who? give Jason us his. Oh yeah, I got to go on Jason's podcast again. I haven't been in there in a while. E bomb. We had all th- on a Friday. All three show up, and it'd be oh, fun. Oh, that's a show. Yeah, I know. But but um. He, I was a fan of his long before the public learned about him, because I, I was wow. I'm always looking for a way to combine anthropology, psychology, and medicine, and he was doing that in his um, Maps of Meaning series, mm. and I found them, I found them about eight months before he blew up, and I was like really getting into it. I was like, I gotta get a hold of this guy, and then all of a sudden, poof, he, he got into the whole political thing. Yeah, uh, and yeah, know, he got politicized. Yeah, he, he yeah he. I don't even. I guess he did and did. I mean, he's just he. He, he, got, he got what happened was, what what happened was. See what had happened was <laughs> was he got involved. He the government 
uh, in Canada had this sort of kangaroo court in his particular province mm -hmm. that put something into law. Oh, essentially, yeah. that you, if you didn't if you didn't call somebody by their preferred gender pronoun, you were guilty of a hate crime. Right. So he was saying this is mandated speech, and mandated speech is the road to the Gulag Archipelagos, which right. is the Russian thing. And uh, he went. He just did this YouTube thing one night, like at two in the morning. He was pissed and did it. Next day, the whole thing exploded, Ooh, wow. and he almost lost his job as a professor. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. It was like hanging out with a textbook. It was literally like you had to go meet your teacher finally at the end for five minutes of the semester. Yeah. And it was like that, but for two hours. It was right. like I, – I know his shit inside and out because I, I was deeply studying oh, it. It would be before. great then hear you well, talk. Let's book yeah. him. Yeah, I've been trying. I've been, Gary's been trying to get over the really? Dr. Who podcast. He would love to come. He was just – I know he just did uh, Rogan again. He's, He's he was busy. in town. He's oh, very I'll busy. Oh, listen though. to that. that Ro his Rogan – the last Rogan podcast was one of his best interviews ever. Yeah. Uh, but I'll listen to this new I one. I need to go back and listen to it. New one's good. Just, I was listening a little bit on the way over here. Dude, the one with Jake the Snake is good. Have you had Jake the Snake on? You no, I don't know Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake Roberts, a former WWE star. He's a fascinating dude. Why? He suffered from tons of addiction, and he's very – now he's better. He got better through yoga. Yeah. And um, – but I'm just always, listening to him is – I'm always suspicious of better through fill in the blank. No, I, I believe he went and to – And recovery. He, I, he was in recovery, right. but okay. – He used he, it as, a, as an He physically – because he was on top of being a desperate drug addict. He yeah. was – he his body was all fucked yeah, yeah, up yeah. from wrestling. Then, then I'm in. I'm and in. I'm all uh, back. Diamond Dallas Page actually – Helped him like he t took him in, literally let him live in his place. Gave him the halfway house of his own. Took him to meetings I'm all, and stuff I'm like. All back. I'm all back. But, but uh, he used to hide drugs in the snake bag, and he would <laughs> check the snake bag because he had a fucking. He's the only wrestler that had to carry around of like a sixty pound snake. So he's like, can you imagine? Everybody was, have a snake in a pillowcase. Scared shitless. They don't want to go. Yeah. Oh uh, well, uh, I forgot who it was. was like, I think it was Hacksaw Jim Jung. Someone pulled a gun on him. One of the other wrestlers, because he's like, get the fucking snake away from me. <laughs> like, don't you even bring it near me. And you can imagine he probably put more and more and more drugs in there with the snake, right? Oh, I'm it sure. probably got pretty crazy. And he said the snake would have pneumonia all the time. And, like, he said a couple times he left a snake at a diner on accident. He would just be <laughs> fucked up and just left, Aww. you know? All but right. he is so, like, just trans. He, he's so just right on. It's like laying on the concrete just on the street. It's like you're right there with the with the. He's just right there. He's he'll, so he'll, he'll take real. it there still. Yeah, yeah. He's so yeah. real. He he can't yeah. even help it. So, so okay. So that's an, another virt virtue of recovery that I like, which is he has to be that way to stay sober. Yeah, yeah. He, he has to be that present, that real, or else yeah. he'll, he'll he'll drift. I, I I've always been curious. You know what I'm saying he needs that. Yes, yeah. it's almost like yeah. that's yeah that keeps it alive in him. His recovery, it's, his recovery it, alive, dude. It's the same thing when I if I feel like doing drugs or if I'm thinking about it. If I talk with a friend about drugs and we laugh about a crazy night we had, the desire completely goes well, that's away. That's good because some people it goes the other way. Oh, Jesus. When, with that kind of thing, right? Well, yeah. I, I'm curious about your recovery because, uh, and this is a, a testament to you that you chose to get clean. At a time when your life was really doing well, um, you know, mo most yeah. But I, he, I knew him then. He was you were unhappy. Yeah, I think I've yeah. always been kind of unhappy, and I just want to be happier. Yeah, you were. He was just. He was just curious why he was so fucking unhappy, and why couldn't he be happier? And he just started asking questions. Really, as I remember. Yeah, I guess I was some of it, and then I just went to a meeting, and I was like, "Oh, they're doing this." And people were saying stuff that made me feel. It's like I just wanted to feel. I was just like stuck in a world where I wasn't feeling anything, and I was lonely. I think I don't know. Loneliness is the worst experience, like piece of as far as like the biggest torture to a human, yeah. the soul. I think is loneliness. Humans are by nature social, yeah, Aristotle. and you don't notice that it's a, it, you don't notice sometimes that you're even lonely. Well, you don't notice that you're so cut off, right? Because you're so used to it, and you're still with people, and but you're, you're cut off. And yeah. that's one of the fallacies of the internet: is you feel connected, oh, but you are not. You are, you are not. not. Yeah. And it's happening to everyone. How we're just, and then we're just a lot of struggling. I got well, getting back to the how I I wish I could have a connection with a, a female, but I can't. Your anniversary is tonight. We got to get you out of here. Is it really? Speaking yeah, of that, six years. Speaking of wow. that, Mike's handsome too, dude. Yeah, I'm pretty you, much sir. straight. I don't know what have you heard, yeah. but um, but I, 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 uh, I don't know. I hear you like to stare at buttholes. And, <laughs> and I, may, I may have to shoot a potato at you too. Yeah, I don't I know. know. <laughs> That's true. Let's shut it down, man. We'll shut it down. We'll keep it classy. What do you have planned for the? Uh, tell us about the evening, Mike. We're going plan? to go to the restaurant where we got uh, we had our wedding reception at. Oh, and, uh, yeah, we're gonna. What year is it? Six. 
Wow. That's great. And uh, then we do a little beach picnic with the daughter, you nice. know, because we live out in uh, the west side in, the, in Venice. And Oh, nice, man. I'm on so, west side, too. We should hang out sometime. I know. Yes, sir. We probably said up. this, but we will do it. Let's do it. I need to. Let's go to some meetings, too. Yeah. Absolutely. And you were about to ask somebody into this. Well, it's, 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 I'm so lucky. I really, really count my blessings that because of that, because of my inability to really have a connection but needing sex – like the the tawdry disposable stuff, I'm so glad that I got married before Tinder came about. Yeah, because uh, I would have just been a wash in my own jizz. Uh, oh just my like, god! I would I would I mean I could have thrown everything away. I would I would have used that. I would have told myself, oh, I'm still in recovery because I'm not using drugs and alcohol. But I have seven dates lined up this week, and sure. I'm going to fuck every girl, and I'm not going to talk to her ever again. Yeah, you know, Ooh, that would empty your soul pretty. Quick. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It gets empty. It's amazing. Your soul will have a bottom at some point. Kind of fascinating. Your even soul your, has a bottom. Even your soul kind of runs out. Your soul's like, well, I got nothing left for you. Most people don't experience that. It's addicts that take it. I there. feel lucky that I did. Yeah, I, feel I was going to say the addicts have to take it there to get better. And and people always ask me about like my my rock bottom or that that moment, you know. Yeah. And I explain it, and they're like, okay, you know, yeah. it sounds so. He had fifteen uh, cardiac arrests, thirty-seven seizures, multiple ambulance transports. Guns pulled on you, cats shot your, you know. Was, oh yeah, oh yeah, and, and nothing. No, nothing. it didn't matter. It was the, it was I like Theo, like Theo said, my soul just kind of ran out of room. At, at one point, I was in a hotel in Inglewood, smoking oh, yeah. rocks, and I was by myself, and I for no reason whatsoever, I, I wasn't going to get arrested that night. I wasn't on my way to court. I, as, I just, as was his custom. I just, yeah. I just walked over to the phone and dialed up. Uh, recovery center. I, wow. I was like, it was like, like literally, like you said, my soul kind of just ran out of room. It, just, it couldn't deal with it anymore. And I was like, well, this is my moment. So we got to wrap this thing up with that. Our soul has, our collective souls have run, run out, out of steam here. What's Let me just up? say the absolute, I mean, I mean this, I'm not just saying that to blow smoke. The funniest man working today. Listen, Bond, I, I was at a, a ice house event nice. where, where the, the owner of the ice house stepped up and said, this is, he put you in the same category as like Robin Williams and a lot of dead people. And our fans love people. you. Yeah. You had the highest rated show this yeah, year. So really? I, see, yeah, I, but so I've seen that's awesome. anyone wow. can go on in the main room at the comedy uh, uh, at like uh, they go, uh, at the improv or the ice house and have a juice crowd in your headlining. And then, you, of course, you watch them kill. Everyone's there for them. I watched Theo murder a, a at the Sycamore Lounge with no like seven people there, the place what's, is dead. And Theo the comes up. And just, what's a Sycamore? Lounge? I think you came. You came what's to see that place me. upstairs. Yeah, it's a halfway house. Yeah. It also yeah. sounds like a halfway. It house. is. I mean, there's it's it's a yeah, bar downstairs. I've, I've watched Theo light up a place that was dead. You know, yeah. like these the, the one of the most talented, funniest people out there working today. Absolutely, super true. funny. Do you have a tour coming up or a tour? Head, we can Thanks, check man. Uh, yeah, I do have some dates coming up in March at the Borgata and at the um, Wilbur Theater in Boston and in Atlantic City. Wilbur, and then there's Wilbur. some other Omaha I'm going to be in coming up. Um, everything else I think is selling pretty good. So, but those are some yeah January, February, March. Where's the Wilbur in Boston? Why does it sound so familiar? I don't even know. It's I a never pretty. Met. I think it's a pretty well established. I think you did the. Wilbur that's what I think. Yeah, you, okay. you did a thing with Adam, with Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But thank you guys. That's sweet of you guys, man. You Absolutely, know, man. Every time I think, part of me wanted to come over here because I just feel, uh, I don't know. Every time I leave here, I feel a little bit more connected, Aww. or I just feel like I know. Thanks for calling nice. and asking to be on the show. It, yeah. it warms my yeah, it heart. Yeah, makes it makes her. Year no, I mean, I so want much. the best guest of the yeah. year to want to yeah. come back, but you yeah. were only here for like two minutes, too. Yeah, and, yeah, and I want to come back. I'd come back probably once a month, you know, if we no just problem. set well, it up. I'll come back to your thing. We'll do, let me do yours. Or do it here I if like you want. Podcast. Oh, we're going to start doing a thing at the Ice House because those are good people over there. Yeah, yeah. let's go do it. They are. I'll come to I, It's right here. Yeah, I'll come over there anytime you want. Have you, are you going to interview people on, on this? Yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe we should yeah. do something over there. Yeah, yeah. We, I keep talking about it too that we should just do a live podcast. Yeah. I've yeah, done them yeah. there with Corolla. They sell out fast. You've done it there with me. Yeah, I've done it with you. Yeah, he yeah. and I have done them. Yeah, we've done it together. Dude, I think yeah. of something maybe like a bi monthly thing, and we go over there and do something right there. Yeah, it'd be fun, let's especially if you're going to be interviewing like people that are dealing with addiction and stuff like that. Talking yeah, about that kind it. of stuff. Well, Pasadena has a very rich recovery. Yeah. History. Oh yeah. Somebody well, this is where what's his name died. Pistol Pete Maravich. You know. That's right. Well, so, a lot of the original. It's not he's a famous basketball player. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the but original old, old school alcoholics are from this town. Oh, wow. this is the town where I got cleaned, and I went to the greatest, supposedly the greatest recovery centers in the world, and I got 
clean here. Yeah. You know, back back where there's I a, there's out. there's like old school guys from the you know the Kennedys era government wow. stuff. I I treated I treated Betty Ford's best friend. No way. Yeah, a lot of Whitey Ford. All, this woman and all, all, all recovering, all Pasadenians. They all ended up back here, you know, huh. and they all had these rich recovery communities and stuff that have been here forever, you know. And, and some of them are, you know, names like Dupont and you know, Gamble, and mm-hmm. I don't even know what the names are, but but you I know, went na- to school with some Duponts, yeah, oh, but yeah. I mean, you know, na- but names like uh, toaster, like, like, toaster, yeah, toaster <laughs> oven, and <laughs> no, no, but I mean, so like, like, like people, I don't, oh, know, yeah. I don't remember Smart the names, people. but people whose names family. you are associated with, yeah. you know, Johnson and John, oh, things yeah. like that, you know. The, well, and, yeah. and then government officials. And Ronald stuff. Computer. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Know. Computer, yeah. yeah, yeah Jim IBM. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, here's the problem. I could talk to you all day. Yeah, we got to wrap this thing up. He's got to go do his uh, his. Yeah, uh, happy anniversary. His Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Duties. Thank you, guys, man. I love you guys. <laughs> Thank you all for Thank listening. You Thank you all for being here. We'll yeah. see you all next time. All right, that's about it for this episode of This Life. Check us out at KBC, being uh, Lawrence Vaughn, 790 Midday Live Talk Radio, Monday to Friday. You can also tune in every day live via the magic of the internet at kbc.com. If you miss it, we've made it simple for you to find all the shows at drdrew.com, the Adam and Dr. Drew podcast, the Zinc One I Do By Myself, Dr. Drew podcast, This Life, of course, with Bob Swole Patrol, Mike Cantho, and his new health and fitness podcast. You can uh, find us on Twitter at This Life Podcast, at Dr. Drew, Dairy W, at Rehab Bob Forrest, and of course, our lovely producer at First Lady of Love. I think I know who that is. If you love this show, please subscribe and tell a friend. We appreciate it when you do. We'd love to hear your feedback as well. Send us a message. Join the email list at drdrew.com, drdrew.com slash contact. You'll also get a weekly uh, email from us on that. Uh, while you're at it, at drdrew.com, please support our sponsors by clicking through the banners. We only advertise products that I can get behind. So thank you for supporting them, those that support us. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.